Hey guys, we are so excited because Becky and I today got to chat to Stephanie Garber, who is the author of the Carval series, which we have mentioned in like many a fishbowl question. I feel like it's always popping up on yeah. the podcast. And Emily covered um, Carval, oh, right. the first one, I think, but she also kind of covered the whole series in a way. So we'll link that in the show notes so you can go back and listen to that. We won't link every mention because that would be impossible. <laughs> But yeah, the chat was awesome. Um, we got a look into the process of like how one builds a world, a fantasy world, and um, specifically how Stephanie like pulled inspiration from very unlikely places for this book and for Carval as well. Um, we talked about like the importance of sisterhood in the book and lots of stuff. Yeah, and it Fashion. was cool because so once part of once Upon a Broken Heart is a spinoff of Carval, so it's in the same universe. And she, when we talked about world building, I was expecting her to go into like the Carval world, but it really is like its own new world in this one. So that was really cool totally. to hear her talk about and things that she's working on and what we can expect next from her. I'm very excited for more of her books in my life. I know. I She mentioned, which listen on for this, the next installment of this is not due for to come out for another year and it just is like so such torture to wait oh see I was happy when she said that because it's I was like oh it's only a year (laughs) (laughs) I can do that true true this book just came out this week so make sure you go check it out and enjoy this chat with Stephanie Garber this is going to be the best book you ever read like this is your new favorite book I need to go be introverted. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Hey everyone, welcome to Books in the City. I'm Becky. I'm Kayla. And I'm Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, we're so excited to have you here. I know all of our listeners are probably freaking out right now. Also, we've been just like texting nonstop about how exciting it is to have you here. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm super excited to chat. Well, to start off, can you give our listeners an elevator pitch for Once Upon a Broken Heart? Yes. Once Upon a Broken Heart is a book about love and curses and the lengths that people will go to for a happily ever after. Um, The main character in this book, Evangeline Fox, has just found out the love of her life is going to marry someone else. And convinced that he's cursed, she goes and prays to an immortal, the Prince of Hearts, and asks him to stop the wedding. In exchange, all he wants is three kisses. But of course, these kisses end up being a little more than she bargained for. And after her first kiss that she gives, she realizes that she might be in a little bit of trouble. Love it. Um, loved it because we read it and loved the book. But so you're <laughs> our favorite. You Okay, I'm completely jumping my words. You are one of our favorite <laughs> fantasy authors. Becky and I are also huge historical fiction fans. So we love to like get into your brain about the research that goes into that. But I cannot imagine you literally created your own world, which is like if I had to choose one to live in, I would love to live in this world. So can you talk to us about what it's like to just create something the way that you have? Oh, thanks. I also, I love historical fiction too, um, because it feels kind of like fantasy. Um, And so 
For me, the thing that I do in creating a world, because when I first started writing, I just thought world building was like, take everything you like and put it in um, to, to a world, which you can, which you can do. That is, I think, a very valid form of world building. However you want to build your world, you can do it. But for me, I like to start with one seed that everything else is kind to kind of branch off of. So for example, Once Upon a Broken Heart is set in the same universe as my first series, the Caravelle series, um, but I wanted this series to be able to stand on its own for new readers. So it takes it place in a different part of the world, which is the magnificent North. Um, and I loved creating this world because the seed I chose for it was that all of their history and their stories are cursed. So what that means is, um, all of their history, like their fairy tales, they treat as history because there are pieces of truth and pieces of lies and some curses are different. Sometimes you have a story that might change a little bit every time it's told. There are other stories that are cursed so that when someone's telling the story, they get the end and they suddenly forget what it was. Um, so all these stories have different curses or there's another story in the book where there's two different versions of it and no one knows which one is true. And so that was like the seed that I chose that I then let everything grow off of in this world. Um, and that's kind of how I start my world building by picking like one thing I think is fascinating and then letting that affect everything else in the world. As you just mentioned, this book takes place in the same universe as Caravel, which this is funny also because I feel like with fantasy, there's like different names for things and like you pick it in your head as how you're going to pronounce it. I've always said Caraval. So I've just been corrected. No, you know what? I will say it is a made up word. There's no wrong <laughs> or right pronunciation of it. Like that is, I, I pronounce it one way. A lot of people pronounce it other ways. And um, I mean, for all I know, I'm pronouncing it wrong because I've, I've never actually been there. So until like I meet legend and he tells me like, dude, you're saying it right or wrong. I feel like I'm, I'm guessing like everyone else. <laughs> I love that. So you mentioned that this book takes place in the same universe as Caraval. So did you always know that this was going to be kind of a spinoff series? No, I didn't know that I was going to do a spinoff series. Um, when I first finished the Caraval series, um, it was in 2019, I finished the last book. Um, and then I started the first book in 2014. So when I finished, I was super ready to like take a break, write something new. I wanted to do a vampire novel or just something else. And um, I'd even sold a different book to my editor and I was working on that book. And, but in the back of my mind, I had had this idea for a spinoff novel with a character named Jax, who is a, a villain, one of the main villains in the Caravel series. Um, I'd also had an idea for another character and I don't want to say anything oh. about this character because it's spoilery. Um, and then there was there were actually like four different things that I was like, oh, this would be cool to have a story. This would be cool. But each on its own was not quite enough. I would pitch like, I had pitched each idea to my agent. She was like, no, that's not big enough. And then one morning I seriously just woke up. I was working on this other book that I had already sold. And I realized how to put all the ideas together in a way that was like a complete cohesive story. Um, and I was just like, this is the book I need to write. And it was, it was super traumatic because I then was like, I first texted a friend and I was like, I kind of want to write this book and I'm writing 20,000 words in to the other book, but I feel like this is the book I should be writing. And, and I think, um, I don't know if Finale had published at that time or if it had just came out. So 
you know, like the idea of doing another book set in the world felt, still felt risky. Cause I was like, I don't know how this book's going to do, but I felt so excited about it that I was like, okay, I'm going to try and write it like just as a short story and see what I can do. And I'm not going to tell anyone. And that lasted about 24 hours. And I texted my editor and I was like, Sarah, can I call you? And then I called her and I was like, I think that this is the book I actually need to write in a really dramatic, like hour long phone call. I told her everything that like I suddenly knew about this and how these pieces fit together. And it's like, it takes place in another part of the world, the magnificent North where stories are like unreliable and there are little baby dragons <laughs> and like all this stuff. And I was just like, and I don't know if it's a series or if it stands alone, but I feel like this is the book that my soul needs to write. And uh, bless her. She was like, okay, you know, I actually didn't think you were going to write that first book anyways. Cause I know, I know your stories change as you write them. <laughs> so, um, that was how it came to be. It was not like I hadn't planned to do this. Um, but I had, you know, I had wanted to write a Jack's book, which would mean it would be set in this universe, but I didn't know how I was ever going to do it. And I didn't plan on doing it soon. I thought like, I'll write something new and then I'll come back to this character. But, uh, I, I, Apparently couldn't well, away. I'm so glad you did. And I know so many other people are as well, because Jax was one of my favorite characters in the Caraval series. I am so torn because I love him. I love Tella with him and with Legend. So I'm kind of like, can we have it all? Um, but so what's careful, this? careful with those spoilers. I, oh, I know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm just so excited. In case anyone hasn't go back and read the whole Caraval series. Yeah. This is a PSA. <laughs> So what about Jax specifically made you want to revisit him? And is it safe to say that he is your favorite fate? Oh, yeah. He's definitely my favorite fate. Um, he might even be my favorite character. Like, oh, I wow. do. I love my heroines. Like, I love Scarlet, Tella, Evangeline. Like, I love them all. But the thing I love about Jax is that, like, I feel like he says such terrible things and you never kind of know what he's going to do. Like, it's just like, what? Um, and now I forgot the first half of the question. <laughs> what about him made you want to like revisit him and really expand on it so much more? Yeah. You know, he's just so fun to write, but I really felt like with the Caraval series, there was just this one side of him, you know, like you knew his story as a fate, but he, he has a much bigger backstory than really any of my other characters. Um, like he has a big backstory and I really like the tragedy of his story and I feel like his his wounds he would argue with me if he were here <laughs> really not wounded like I love the idea of this character who really you know who kills everyone he kisses because he's searching for love even though he would never admit he's searching for love um and I feel like what happened with him in the Caravel series I just feel like sets him on a completely different course because he got blindsided with things um, and so I just, I just think he's super fun to write and there's a lot to explore with him because he was a character who didn't, things happened to him in Caravelle, but he didn't really change in those books. He was just the same. And so I really wanted to give him the opportunity to change, um, to see if he would change, to see what he would do. And I just felt like there was a, there's a lot more story for him. So I loved that 
we kind of got an, a look into some more fates other than just Jax. So like we met the unwed bride who I'm really excited and hoping that you <laughs> expand upon in some future books, maybe. Also Poison and Chaos. Um, so do you plan on exploring these characters more in future books? Definitely. Um, I can I can say like definitely like the unwed bride and chaos there in the sequel. You get to know more about them as well um, because they like Jax, you know, they're they all they all have a history and it all ties together. Um, and I really I like all of these characters a lot. And so, um, yeah, so you will get to know more in that you'll get to know more in the next book unless, you know, my editor, I'm waiting on notes from her. So unless she's like, <laughs> no, we need to, you know, like, I don't know, bring in pirates, which I don't think she's going to do. <laughs> you'll, you'll get to know more. Um, Cause they were, it was, it was really funny because as I wrote the first book, I had all their backstory in mind for the second book. It was like, oh my gosh, I, I need to write this so I can also get to this. Cause I love backstory, apparently. <laughs> well, we that's so too. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so one of my favorite things about the Carval series is the theme of sisterhood. My sister and I both love this series, and we actually are so Scarlet and Tella. Like, she read it first, and I was scared to tell her. I thought we were so similar to them that she would make fun of me, but she was like, no, I thought the same thing. So um, it's just like a fun that we like to bond over. But I was excited when I started reading this one because we do explore sisterhood, but they're stepsisters. So is this something that you kind of planned going into it, or did it just happen a bit um, organically? Ooh, that's a great question. First, I need to know, are you Scarlet or Tella? Which one I'm are you? I'm Scarlet. <laughs> that's me too. <laughs> that's me and my sister as well. Are you, the, are you also a Scarlet or are you a Tella? Um, I'm definitely a Scarlet, yeah. <laughs> me and Kayla are very similar too. So yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You know, it's interesting. I, the stepsister was a much smaller character when I first wrote the book. And all my early reads were like, no, you need to bring her in more. Like you need to bring her in more, like definitely explore this more. So I, I would say, no, it wasn't intended. Like she was, you know, she was, she had a much smaller, even though like she, it's weird to think of it now because I'm like, how did she have a much smaller role? What was I thinking? Because I feel <laughs> like her, the current amount of space she takes up in the book is like all there for a reason. Um, but a lot of times when I first draft a book, I, I feel like I don't, I don't know how to write the book. Like, I feel like I have to write the book so that I can then know how to write the book. If that makes sense. Like, <laughs> like you're trying it all yeah. out. So a lot of times, you know, I'm like, I never know which points and my critique partner is really good at, she's one of the first people who was like, we need more of this stepsister, um, helping me know like which moments I need to like emphasize and which ones I need to downplay. Um, Cause there are certain elements that it's like, I will make these a lot bigger and have less. So yeah, so all that to say, no, it, it wasn't my intention but I think it was exactly what the story needed. Um, and you know, as I have a younger sister, a lot of people know, cause I talk about her a lot for, Poor, poor Allison. She's not, she's not Tella. Like, even though I'm very much like Scarlet, like my younger sister isn't, isn't a Tella, but I, but we are really, really close. And so like themes of sisterhood always are things that I love to write because I feel like it's something I know about. Well, fairy tales are also an important part of this book. 
Um, I loved the nods to like Cinderella kind of in there. And there were some other fairy tales mixed in. So what is your favorite fairy tale? And then can you tell us a bit about why you chose to incorporate them into this book? Ooh, I, so I love fairy tales. I think my favorite is always Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Um, but I also love Disney's Tangled. Oh, yeah, that's I, a good one. It's so fun. And it actually, that one inspires me a lot because I love how her goal is like, I just want to see the floating lights. Like she's not <laughs> trying to save the kingdom or save the world. She's just like, I want to see the floating lights. And I'm like, I feel like that's so relatable. It is, I could tell you guys off the record why I chose to include fairy tales in this book, but it would be spoilery for anyone if I said the truth about why I did it. It is super spoilery. Oh, okay. I don't know if I want to know now. <laughs> if you've already read the book, it won't, if you've already oh, read the book, okay. like, okay. oh, yeah. For the book, not yeah. the series. Okay. Yeah. Not the say. series. Just for this book, it was like one of those ideas that I had pitched to my agent, like, hey, what if I did this? And she's like, that's not big enough. I'm just like, mm. Okay, well, we can insert a spoiler alert warning for anybody listening here and they can fast forward or we can just cut it out. Yeah, because I want to know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you guys, but just cut it out. That way no one has to worry about the fast forwarding. Yes. Oh. I definitely got that. It's so interesting hearing, like having read the book, hearing how it all came together. Like, it's just fascinating to me. Oh, good. The day that my copy of this book arrived really was like the highlight of my week. And I brought it home to share with my sister. And I think I got like sister of the year for that. So we <laughs> had like a cute little moment bonding over your books. And we were stalking you on Instagram as you do. And we saw this fan art of Jax with blue hair. And we were like, did we miss something in finale? So then we went back to finale and then my sister started the book 10 minutes later and she was like, oh, he's blonde in the beginning. So it is mentioned in the book that Jax has blue hair for a bit, but it's not fully explained. Is this something that we're going to have to wait for the next book? It is something that I never fully explain. Um, a lot of readers have guessed at the reasoning. Mm. Okay. I have to like go on Tumblr now and read some theories. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people have asked me like, why? Um, and do we find out in the book? And I'm like, it's, you know, you can guess, you can make a guess why, why he has blue hair. Okay. And it's probably right. If this is your guess as to why. Okay. Um, I okay. love how cryptic. I know. I, I, I want to say, but I'm like, I like the idea of like not saying. Yeah, I'm like, we're not going to so spoil obvious. for anybody. It's yeah. so obvious to me. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also just how I see Jack. <laughs> um, so speaking of fan art, there's a lot of it out there for Carval. Um, How does it feel to have your work translated in that way? And have you ever like seen a version of one of your characters and been like, oh my gosh, that's not at all what I was thinking. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? I, I am still blown away by fan art. Like I think especially early on, like I would see people who were like, I've never posted any of this. And to me, like, it just is such a vulnerable thing to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to put this art in the world. Um, so I feel, I always feel super touched. Um, and it's really incredible. He has some people, I feel like, really nail it like really it's like oh my gosh this is exactly um this is exactly how you see it and then um it is interesting like I love it I love fan art I try to reshare it as much as I can like I don't want to be obnoxious about it but I'm also <laughs> like this is awesome like this is so cool and 
it feels it feels really exciting for me you know because I've never had anything like adapted for film but this feels kind of like a step that way like oh my gosh look at this um so I love it but it is funny because I feel like um you know sometimes yeah I've definitely seen art that I'm like this isn't how I picture it but I feel like hey that's it's a valid interpretation um so like it is it's always interesting if if it does look different um unless it's something that's kind of like I this is different but I definitely wrote it another way and that's always kind of a little like I don't know it makes me wonder a little bit <laughs> that's but funny I that you say it. that because I always feel like I miss the po the point in any book where a description is given of the character and I just come up with my own description in my head regardless of what's written and I feel like that makes me feel a little less alone in my uh <laughs> glossing over of those details well I think but I think it makes sense because it's like I there were there was one read who was just like you know saying that like I wrote all all my characters is like good looking and I was like I actually don't say that but then I realized like in context like yeah. with certain characters it's like okay if you have like a certain level of confidence and swagger and no. money and position and status like even if I don't say you're gonna looking it's gonna come off that way because it's like you're written in the real world like characters who kind of act like this you know if you're a person so I think sometimes it's like you don't have to hear what an actual description of it is someone to like interpret what they look like based on how they act if that makes sense totally they're definitely all super attractive in my mind too. yeah same <laughs> i mean this is also true but like they <laughs> didn't say they were attractive but then i was like oh yeah you know they do i have a lot of dudes with power or they're princes or whatever and it's like you put those together and yeah of course they read they read us that way which is totally fine <laughs> <laughs> um okay so this is direct quote question from my sister um you mentioned that Caraval was influenced by Baz Luhrmann and Florence and the Machine did you pull any inspiration for them for this book Ooh, so I I actually didn't pull any from Florence for this book I do I do love Florence and the Machine and you know Cosmic Love was like my writing song forever <laughs> um for this book I picked a different song that inspired me oh I um I was really inspired by um Mr. Brightside. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> particularly the music video, but like the lyrics like okay, coming out of my cage and I'm doing just fine. It's like okay. That interesting. Is, I feel like I need Jack. to listen to the song again now. I mean, I know it by heart, but like in just you know, picture whole, jacks. Like, yeah and it's like it started off with a kiss how did it end up like oh this my, oh my God. <laughs> it's I so obvious <laughs> it's so fitting and then if you watch the music video um i love the music video i like just i don't i think i discovered it because i was listening to the song a lot um and for like part of the book like the whole magnificent north isn't inspired by it but uh, I don't want to be spoilery, but there's parts where it's like definite, like, oh my gosh, okay. this is the vibe I'm going for. Oh. Well, then you do have a character eating an apple and you have the chess boards and all the red and the velvet and like everything. And I was like, oh dude, this is, this is my jam. This is, so that really like <laughs> super heavily influenced me um, 
for this in terms of like aesthetic and just the song. Um, and I, and I don't think there was, I don't, I didn't want to do the Baz Luhrmann because I really, I wanted this, this part of the world to feel different than Caraval. You, mm-hmm. you know, I, so Caraval is just like so colorful and totally over the top and the Magnificent North is definitely magical, but I wanted more of like a fairy tale magical feel. So, you know, maybe more of like the Lana Del Rey once upon a dream. Oh, all of your references. I'm like, love it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) So we loved Evangeline and it's clear at the end of the book that her life is about to take a turn. And that's all we're going to (laughs) say. Um, what can you tell us about creating this character? And I don't think you're going to be able to tell us what we can expect next, but if you can, let us know. Oh, thanks for saying that. I'm so glad you loved Evangeline. I I loved her. She was such a fun character to write for me um, because a lot of my inspiration for her came initially because of just the theme of heartbreak. Um, and the book is dedicated to anyone who ever made a bad decision because of a broken heart. Um, which I, I think is relatable. Um, and I feel like when I, I think I was feeling kind of heart sick when I first came up with this book and just was really like thinking about the idea if there was magic in this, in our world and you could fix like a broken heart with it, like what would you do and how far would you go? And that was kind of like what started the inspiration for this character, um, was this girl who, who was willing to go really far to fix this broken heart. Um, and then she changed a lot as I revised her because I feel like in fantasy, in fantasy, sometimes like, I feel like I'm not supposed to do certain things. Like you need a tangible goal. You can't have a character who's like, I just want love and happily ever after. Like it, it doesn't, it seems like, you know, when you read books on writing, like that's not a valid goal. But as I wrote this, um, especially revising during the pandemic, I was like, I think that is a valid goal. And I feel like right now we all need love and happily ever after. And, and I, I feel like I definitely needed like more optimism and more hope during that time. So I tried to pour a lot of that into Evangeline because I was like, I, this is what I want right now from a character. This is what I want right now in life. So I really just gave her lots of, lots of that optimism and hope, even though she makes really tragically bad choices. Um, so I thought like, but that's part of it. Cause she is optimistic and she is hopeful and she's like, this is all going to be great. And I believe what I believe so strongly, um, that, you know, she, uh, she sees the world through kind of rose colored glasses at times. To match her uh, rose colored hair. Yes. <laughs> I was my- like wanting to dye my hair as I was reading her hair color description, like where can I get ro- rose gold hair dye. <laughs> I I found my the marketing team I work with at my publisher, they found this dye called overtone. Mm. And it's like it's temporary and it's for dark hair. It's called rose gold for dark hair. And it's like a conditioning dye. Perfect. Oh. I haven't tried it yet, but I have it in my closet. And oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well let us know how it is for sure. Yeah. I, I'm glad you wanted to dye your hair because I clearly did too. <laughs> So what is your favorite thing about the Magnificent North? Ooh, I, okay. I do love the little baby dragon. (laughs) 
but I want one. <laughs> I do too. Um, I think my favorite is the stories. I really, I loved this idea of the stories that are all cursed and that they have different curses that affect them. Um, you know, so it, I love that. And because I do feel like, you know, I feel like we take, we believe our stories, you know, we believe stories we read on the internet. We believe stories that other people tell us, even though like the truth is it's, it's all one giant game of telephone. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've read things about myself that aren't true online. Like I spent 11 years writing Caravel in my parents' attic, oh. which parents have never had an attic. And I was like, the best. Um, and you know, like if I talk to my mom and she tells me a story about my sister, I'll be like, Hey, so mom told me this, what's the truth? Cause <laughs> always gets a little lost. Um, and I feel like so often in storytelling, we do need to give readers like concrete truths because otherwise it can get super confusing. But I liked the idea of a world where the stories themselves just aren't reliable. So it makes everything a little more tricky because you don't know what is completely true. And you're aware that you don't know what's completely true, but at the same time, you still finding yourself, you find yourself believing it. So there is so much to explore in like the universe that you've created, both with Carval and with the Magnificent North now. Um, and I think other readers, me included, would love it if you just spent your entire career telling stories about this world. <laughs> um, but you did mention earlier a book that you had started. Do you see yourself writing something completely different and creating a whole new world at any point? Um, yes. So I would definitely like, I mean... I would love to keep expanding the Caravel universe um, as much as, you know, as I, I love the way like Marvel's done it where there's these interconnected stories and they overlap sometimes, but you can also, you can watch Ant-Man without watching Iron Man and it works. And I really like that model because I also think it's fun when you see the little Easter eggs, but you don't have to have it all. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, um, I have a secret project and that's all I can say, Ooh, but I have a oh secret project. Um, that's different. And I don't know when I get to say more, but I, I don't even know if I can say that, but I am because it's like, that's what I, that is what I'm working on now. Um, <laughs> so, um, and it's been, it's been really, it's a, it's a different world than this one. And I am super duper obsessed with it. It's, is it fantasy? I can't say. Oh, okay. So exciting. So I didn't secretive. think you were going to be able to answer that. But <laughs> I, know, I just I'm thought like, I would throw it in there. shouldn't say anything, but it's just a little slip. <laughs> um, okay. So if you could live in this universe, you've created the Carvel universe. Would you rather live in Valenda or Valorfell? Ooh, I would rather live in Valorfell. Oh, mm, interesting. Yeah. I really like, because the, the magic in Valorfell is more common than mm. in Valinda. Um, and even though, I mean, the thing about Valinda is Valinda has better weather because mm. I'm not really like a cold weather girl, but like, it's like a magical snow in Valorfell. And I, I really, I, I feel like Valorfell is just full of so many nooks and crannies and it's, it's just that older, you know, like older, older fairy tale place. Like I feel like everything is going to feel like you're walking down the street in a fairy tale. Um, and Valorfell is more of like a big city, um, bustling and things are always happening. But I, I feel like 
the magic. I really like that there's so much magic in Valorfell. Would you rather be a spectator of Caraval or play the game? Oh gosh. You know, it's interesting because I felt like when I first um, published the book, I was like, oh gosh, I would be a spectator. I don't think I could play, but now I'm like, heck yes, I would totally want to play the game. <laughs> like, I, I think it would be really fun to play the game now. Like I would want to do it. Um, and I drag my sister with me. I love that. Okay. So if you got invited to Nocte, is that how you say it? Nocte? I think so. Okay. <laughs> oh, see, I, when I was reading it in my head, I said knocked. Oh, interesting. I don't know why. Okay, well, we're gonna go knock day. Um, <laughs> if you got, I've got knock day. That's what yeah. I. Okay, want. okay. From the source, <laughs> if you were invited to knock day never ending, would you go? And if so, what would you wear? Ooh, yes, I would totally go. Um, I would totally go. And oh gosh, now I'm like, I should have paid closer attention to the Met Gala clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. Well, I loved that the characters wore things that like played off of themselves and like their personalities and interests. I thought that was really cool. Oh, good. I had fun with that. Like it was definitely like I, with Caravelle, everyone had their own color, but I definitely went with more of like, this is like tried to do that more in this book. So I love, I love that you noticed that. Um, I, you know, it's so, I'm just, I'm like thinking through like every ball gown that I've ever seen. Uh, I would definitely wear like a ball gown. It would have full skirt. It would be flowery. It would be sparkly. It would be, you know, just super impractical, probably strapless and just covered in dazzle. I love it. And I wear long gloves that like when I was my because I think gloves are really elegant too. Yeah, so chic. So one of our other co-hosts, she read Carval at the beginning of quarantine, like right as everything was shutting down. And she loved the book so much that she like ran to her local bookstore like the day that they were closing for like the shutdown and grabbed like the last copy of Finale because she had to know how it ended. Um, And so this question is from her. (laughs) Um, She loved that you had a playlist for Carval. So if you had, or do you have a playlist for this book and what's on it? And if you don't, what would you put on it? Ooh, um, I love that story. I, I love that she ran to get the book that like, I, I think of like the last things I bought before the world was closing down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody got my book. She so had I, to I, have I, it. Yeah. She was panicking. <laughs> um, and I loved putting together those playlists. Um, so that makes me happy. And this makes me really happy also because last week I spent a whole day, like I had, um, cause the, a lot of the music I write to is just the same song over and over. Like I try and do repeat just certain, um, like instrumental music. So it just like makes the same thing. So I feel like, okay, I turn this on and I'm in the magnificent North. Um, but it doesn't work so well for a playlist, some of it. Uh, so I written down songs that I thought could be on the playlist and did a lot. And just the other day, I, sorry, I feel like I'm not finishing my sentences. So just the other day, I probably spent like at least half a day, um, listening to those songs, finding new songs, searching moods. Um, and so I am putting together the playlist. I have like most of the songs. I don't have quite the order yet because sometimes certain songs I'm like, Oh, this could work for this, or this could work for this. Um, but I'll tell you one song that I I found recently and I was like, oh my gosh, this is for the book. 
And I know it off the top of my head because I've been listening to it a lot. And I'm like, I don't make many, I've only ever made one reel, but I'm like, I want to make a reel just so I can use this song in it. Um, and it is the Nothing But Thieves cover of Holding Out For A Hero. Oh. And I, I put them I like, that one. I think I put Nothing But Thieves on at least one of my other playlists because they're super moody. Um, and so the cover of this song is just like, oh my gosh, I feel like it just fits. I need um, to go listen to that like the second we're done with this. Yeah, <laughs> After like, we watch the Mr. Bright, Bright Side music video. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be a whole like viewing party event. I, I hope you like it as much as I do because suddenly I'm like, I just want to hear this song and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so it's very clear at the end of this book that more is coming at least we all hope so um so is this going to be a series a duology like what are the plans for this one that's a great question um all I can say is there's definitely one more book coming uh it's with my editor right now I'm waiting on notes so it is it's written we just need to revise it but that one will be coming out like unless something drastic happens it should be coming out um exactly or not exactly I don't know it should come out next fall so right around a year after this book you know it could be a little earlier a little later I don't know how publishers decide dates yet Mm -hmm. but yes for sure there's a sequel coming um and I am very excited about it I actually started the sequel before I finished the first book oh how does that work I you know my agent is amazing and she got me a lot of time for Once Upon a Broken Heart. And so, you know, there was a two and a half year gap between finale and broken heart. And part of it was because when I finished Caraval, um, I, I wrote Legendary and it would have been easier if I could have like kind of had the two overlap as I was writing. Mm-hmm. So um, that I had time for it with this one. So I, I wrote like, I wrote like a, a good chunk of this book um, before like I even finished the first book to make sure that they like overlapped to make sure that I set up for an easy intro into the second book to make sure I could write the second book. Um, and so I really had, and, and I had a lot of it figured out as I was writing the first book. So yeah, that's so cool. So exciting. Um, so we like to go around at the end of all of our episodes and talk about what's on our TBR, things that we're excited about. So is there any book that you're reading right now that you're really excited about or something coming up that you can't wait to get your hands on? Yes. I actually just got my hands on my, one of my most anticipated books for 2022, um, which is a young adult, uh, paranormal, I think it's mm. a, yeah, paranormal, um, by Vanessa Len. It is a debut. It is called only a monster. I started it last night and just instantly hooked if it wasn't like I started way too late. Um, and so it's like the kind of book, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I just want to like my treat for myself tonight is to read it because I've been super excited about it. And I can't tell you what it's about because what I usually do is like, I'll read a description for a book and I'm like, this sounds amazing. And then I never read it again until I, like, cause I, I'm just like, I know I want to read this book. Um, and so I don't actually know what the whole plot of this book is. <laughs> I forgot. It was like, I, like I hadn't read it. So that's why I'm like, I can't see what it is. But there, um, I know it involves like monsters um, oh, nice. and paranormal. And I think it has a love triangle, which is oh. like all my jam. And I like the way you write. So that's a book that I'm super excited about. 
Um, I also just finished, um, and I feel bad, these are all books that like aren't out yet. Uh, Axios, The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea. Mm. And it is a beautiful fairy tale of a book. Um, and it's just very full of hearts. It's full of a lot of stories and myths and legends um, and has themes of sacrifice and fate. And it had some fantastic reveals at the end. It was just like Ooh. super fantastic. So I just, I just finished that last week. Um, I also finished a thriller that I loved this last weekend called Rock, Paper, Scissors. And I read it in one sitting and it was phenomenal. Oh, wow. Is that the Alice Feeney? I just got that. Okay. It's super good. Um, bump it up my TBR. I love her. So, um, and those other ones sound great. Also, we'll be adding them to our never ending lists <laughs> for sure. So where can our listeners find you on the internet? Um, I hang out the most on Instagram. I'm Stephanie underscore Garber. And then I also have a Facebook page and I try to update it. And, um, I do, well, no, I do update it. I'm like, especially now I update it a couple times a week, um, Instagram and I am usually on there every day and I do love hearing from readers. Um, like I, I reply to my comments, I reply to pictures, like I probably spend way too much time on there. So, um, like I'm on Facebook, but like, I'm usually on Instagram the most. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs>